You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome to Music Tectonics, the podcast that goes beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host for this episode, Trista Neuer Jaeger, Chief Strategy Officer at Rock, Paper, Scissors, the music innovation PR firm. Today, I'm really excited to speak with Mark Redito, a musician and tech thinker who has done some really amazing projects in the past few years, after a previous decade or so of making some great diverse music. You may have heard of Mark thanks to Song Camp and their huge, quote-unquote, headless band, Chaos, or thanks to his thoughtful writing on music, creativity, and technology. Hey, Mark, I'm really glad you're here today. Tristra, thank you for having me. I am very excited for this conversation. Um, and also, like, finally getting to actually talk to you one-on-one. I've been a fan of your yeah. for for a minute. So, so yeah, this is exciting. Oh, yeah, awesome. This is going to be a lot of fun. So I want to just set the stage for everyone who may not be as familiar with your work. Um, what do you tell folks when you meet them for the first time about what you do? So <laughs> my default is... Um, you know, I, I usually tell people, you know, I'm a technologist, an artist, and a community builder um, based in Los Angeles. And, you know, like you said, you know, some people might know me from my music, um, and some people might know me from my work at Song Camp and all these other projects that I've been uh, doing. So, yeah, that's pretty much how I introduce myself. Awesome. Yeah. I'm curious to talk a little bit more about the community side. How... Have you, you know, that can be defined in a bunch of different ways. Community is one of those terms that sounds really cool, but it's everyone defines it a little differently. How do you define it and how do you see the role of community in very much digital spaces? Mm, Yeah. Well, like you said, you know, community could be defined in in different ways, multiple ways. You know, um, there there's like music communities, there's like tech communities, there's local communities, and all that stuff, and you know, like communities in general, I do have a lot of experiences with, um, especially like digital communities. Um, I mean, you know, maybe I'm dating myself. You know, it's it's, it's you okay. Know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we we. I have seen the internet from its early inceptions, from like the dial-ups, you know, and, and from that era of like, you know, BBS, you know, bulletin board services, um, oh, where you yeah. actually dial in. Oh, you're server. going way back. Oh, it's way, way back, you know. <laughs> um, and, you know, as, as a young kid, you know, uh, with, 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 with internet access, you know, I would find sort of like these like BBS services that are essentially community run you know where where Mm -hmm. you access that server and you get like all these like cool content writings images sometimes music and that in itself could be like uh, uh, could be seen as a community in itself and so from there you know when with the whole sort of like 90s early 2000s internet you know bloomed um you know there were like geocities and forums and you know which i'm all been a part of um and so Early on, I, I I sort of like saw like how important communities are, and and so mm-hmm. if I could define say a digital community, it's a group of people not bounded by geography, but of like shared interests and shared goals. And so I look back to my uh, this community that I still always remember um, back in the 2010s. It's called SPF 420, <laughs> which is like. <laughs> I mean, from the name itself, you could already sort of like get a sense of like what this community is. It's, it's really a community of like weirdos and, and, and outcasts, yeah. you know, like um, 
very highly creative people making really weird electronic music, you know? Um, and so awesome. I was part of that and, and we hold shows in these, um, I don't know if you're familiar with this service called Tiny Chat. No, I'm no. not. Tell okay. me more. You can think of it as like an early version of Discord, but super janky, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, the video <laughs> conference calls are sort of like 480 by 480, like very tiny and pixelated. Uh -huh. But we will we would hold shows there. And it, dude, I'm telling wow. you, it would go off, man. Like we would have like 500 people like tuning in, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes it would break, but uh, because it wasn't <laughs> made for that, you know? But, yeah. but we would actually sort of like hold shows there. And it was just... A lot of fun and there was a, a community there um and everyone felt like they belong you know everyone felt like they had a place you know and a lot of the artists who actually were part of that cohort you know moved on to become like bigger artists you know like like for, for example um ryan hemsworth giraffage xxyyxx um you know mm -hmm. uh, and all, all these like bigger artists that, that became like well known so yeah Communities, digital communities. So they've been basically you're saying digital communities are just have been baked into the Internet from the get go. A thousand percent. A thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. So nowadays, though, there's a lot of complexity that's been added and maybe a lot of like cultural, social, political baggage mm. in this day and age. How do you see yourself? But you can speak either as a musician who has tried to reach people and, you know, share to share your music or to share have them share your their music with you. Or you could speak as a, uh, as an instigator, which I, is the way I kind of imagine you at Song Camp. Um, but you can correct me if I'm wrong in a second. Anyway, how how has that changed now, and what are we what are we looking at today? Like, what are some of the foundational first steps if you want to cold start a community, or if you want to add new vitality to an existing one online? Mm. I mean, building communities are hard um but then at the same time too can also be easy or made easier by <laughs> you know maybe a compelling story or a compelling mm -hmm. lore or, or 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 something that sort of like binds everyone together some something that sort of relates to everyone together like for example um uh, uh i'm thinking of like a community right now that that stands out to me um I, I wouldn't call them a community per se, but maybe there are some parts of them that, that feel like community. Like, for example, mm -hmm. if you're familiar with the music collective called PC Music, um, mm -hmm. AG Cook, you know, uh, uh, Sophie, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, there's a shared sound. There's a yeah. shared sort of like lore. There's a shared aesthetic, you know, and mm -hmm. all the participants sort of like embody that aesthetic, you know, or the spirit of it. Um, I'm not too sure if they have actually have a shared space where they actually all connect. Maybe it's through Twitter or, you know, maybe they have mm -hmm. their own discord, but you know, um, um, that, that to me is like a, a, a good example of like what, uh, a, a, a modern digital community might look like. Um, and so, yeah, that's what comes to mind. I'm yeah. Well, let's let's go back to chaos. First of all, can you just explain for folks who may not have been tracking as closely as some of us were, what exactly Song Camp was and how chaos rose out of it? That's, that sounds very very epic, right there. <laughs> and there was Song Camp, and from Song Camp emerged chaos. You know? <laughs> I love it though. I mean, you yeah, know, it's great. It's perfect. It's, it's uh, uh, I love that voice. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> 
So for, for people who aren't familiar, Song Camp is an artist collective. Um, and, you know, within Song Camp, we are, well, we define ourselves as an artist collective exploring the edges of, of new technologies and the internet and colla collaborative ways of actually making music together. And so what that means is that, you know, we, we make music and then we use like new technologies, say, for example, Web3, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to distribute our work and, and how we do that is through camps. And, you know, the first camp, which is Genesis camp was, was a group of 15 folks, you know, banding together to create music and then offering the, the pieces of work as NFTs. And so that, you know, moved on to, to Electra, which is our second camp and then chaos, which was <laughs> one of our biggest camps, you know, with 77 members strong. And so, wow. Insane, dude. Uh, you know, um, and, and within that, within chaos, mm -hmm. you, you could maybe, if I could define it, like you could think of chaos as a, as a, as a pop-up um, production shop mm -hmm. where we made the music, we made the artwork, all of us, we made the website, the tokenomics, you know, of it also. Mm -hmm. We also have a podcast and we also have a marketing team. All, like all of that within this one headless band called chaos so it doesn't matter if you if you are a marketer or a podcaster you are part of the band you are chaos also and so um that that, that was sort of like a maybe uh uh I, I, what what made it unique what made it stand out that everyone who is contributing was chaos you know and headlessness if i could define it would yeah be, please do would be if I could define it like with more of like an example, like like I look at mm -hmm. the headless groups that came before us, you know, music groups, for example, Odd Future would be one of them. There's no clear leader, mm -hmm. you know, but they all make music together and they collectively release stuff together. Brockhampton is another one. So so from, from that concept of headlessness, we sort of like overlay that also like onto chaos. You know, there's no clear leader. There are. Mm -hmm. There are stewards, you know, but there's no one main person, you know, uh, that's saying, here's what we need to do. So, yeah. How do you get, so let's talk for a second about the mechanics or the dynamics of that a bit. How, how does anything get done? <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking of, um, I, I mean, humans are so fascinating the way we can reach consensus. Yes. I don't know if it's a consensus-based approach where, you know, are we talking like a Quaker meeting or are we talking more like... Okay, that's cool. You seem to really want to do this. You run, Mark, and you go do the this thing, and then we'll all weigh in after you've gotten to a certain point. Or how how did it work? Hmm. Yeah. How did it work? How did it not work? I mean, <laughs> you can also like what, what were the what were the pain points? Like, what did you learn about people people trying to work together that maybe moving forward you'd keep in mind? You know, what were the what were the biggest surprises for you? Hmm. Yeah, well, that's a good reframing of a question. But but <laughs> if, if I could maybe go back to the initial prompt, yeah, um, go back. <laughs> um, you know, getting getting seventy seven people together and to make stuff together is is yeah. is, is not an easy feat. You know, as as you may imagine. You know, um, mm -hmm. there are coordination costs. You know, how, how do we actually collectively uh, decide together? And so. One thing that stands out to me is like, what are the incentives? You know, um, what are the containers that contain us? You know, um, and I think about containers as sort of like 
things that hold us, you know, together. So one container could be like space. What is our shared space? And our shared space is Discord. That's where we actually talk in real time. Mm -hmm. um, another one is um, time. You know, when when we were doing the chaos project, you know, we we have we have this thing called acts. You know, you could think of it as sort of like a um, um, acts as like a theater. You know, act one is mm -hmm. this, act two is this. You know, so act one, music is being made. You know, act two, the second part of the music being made. Act three. You know, we're now building the website. Now we're making the marketing campaign. Now we're making et cetera, et cetera, you know? And so that sort of like made everything like digestible and also like uh, coherent to everyone sort of mm -hmm. like involved, you know? Okay. Everyone's like sort of like moving in the same direction. Um, and then lore. Lore is very important. That, that really like bound us together. Um, as you may know, Eris is the goddess of chaos. And so, uh -huh. you know, we, we sort of like, um, sort of like propagated that story within us. Like we are Eris. Eris actually lives inside of us and we're all her hands, you know, and we're all just mm. moving towards this, you know. Um, and that, that, that was really powerful, you know, and just it made me learn about how us as humans, you know, are, we, we're story-based creatures, you know, we love stories. Mm -hmm. and, and once we believe that story, you could actually do anything, you know. And so I'll, I'll pause here if, if there's anything that comes up for you. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I love how you sort of made two really important points and that, that are probably applicable to other projects and other endeavors as well, which is breaking it down into sort of pieces, yes. whether there's are time, like time bound so people can kind of organize something. There's like a little tiny bit of a limitation around it. Mm. And then, but it's all threaded together by, a story that has enough room for different interpretations, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think of, of Eris as a beneficial goddess? Is she neutral? Is she kind of evil? <laughs> and all of those things could be really fun to play with yes. as an artist, or, right? Like, so you could percent. think, yeah. and how would you be a chaotic drummer and still feel like you were doing what you wanted to do as, you know, someone who's in charge of rhythm or whatever? Like, it's kind of fun to imagine um, that as as a as a prompt and but it's got enough space right yeah it's totally if you have it totally locked down and I think that's where lore can get a little bit misleading mm. sometimes people create these like really elaborate almost like Marvel Universe level stories yes whereas sometimes all you need is like here's Eris the goddess of chaos yeah, yeah. here you go yeah. Yeah. go make some music no totally yeah <laughs> and, on, uh, and on the uh, on the on the extreme end of it it can also be I mean, this is the same device being used by cults, you know? Oh, a... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what you're telling me is you started a Web3 music cult. I get it. Okay. <laughs> but there's no leader. That's good. It's yeah, good. So yeah. you are Quakers. You're like the Quaker Web3 music cult. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Quakers are definitely like the, the closest. Yeah. Well, what was the hardest part about all this? You just talked about some of the beautiful organizing principles that you all discovered together. What was something that you felt like kept getting in the way that you you wish kind of that maybe has some broader applications too? Whether we're talking about running a a tech project or mm -hmm. creating something together. Yeah, coordination, coordination, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like like like. You know, like like software devs and tech people you have frameworks to do things, right? Like for example, mm -hmm. like the, the Scrum framework or the Agile method. You know, where yeah, step by step, da, 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 you know, iterate yeah. fast. You know, um, um, we, we we sort of like uh, 
took inspiration from those principles and sort of like made it a little more artistic, you know, that would speak mm -hmm. to people who are like us, you know, more on the creative side, more on the artistic side of things. Um, but what was challenging, dude? Like, yeah, going back, it's, it's coordination. Like we do, we did have fancy tools for coordination. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we played around with DAO tools. Um, and for people who are not familiar, DAO means decentralized autonomous organizations, very much a, a ongoing experiment and research mm -hmm. in Web3. And, you know, um, so one of these tools is called Coordinate, you know, uh, Coordinate, like an ape. Um, <laughs> um, within there's the, gotta be there's gotta be an ape in there, there somewhere there, there right? has to be an ape dude. there has to be you know we're talking about crypto there has to be an ape um, so the way coordinate works is that you know uh, you, you give to your collaborator so say you start with like X amount of tokens and then for example Tristra is my collaborator for say a specific task and I was impressed with like how Tristra collaborated or, or made that task or, you know, and so I give you X amount of tokens to signify, yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. You know, and we do that for, for everyone, you know, everyone sort of gives, you know, and, and so that becomes a sort of like a, a social graph, you know, mm -hmm. and that social gra graph can now be used to like how we actually distribute the profits of the project, mm -hmm. which we've done like, automatically you know and so it's a beautiful thing but then at the same time too i think everyone had different sort of like maybe interpretations of like how this token yeah. actually signifies and, and hmm. so that made me think of of like well like information flow like 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 how do we sort of like share understanding of certain things um and and, and it becomes hard the more complex an organ if, if we see chaos as an organism the more complex the organism is the more latency the more lossy mm -hmm. communication flows could become um yeah and and so and so that that was also a challenge everyone had different interpretations um collective decision making was also a challenge too um in that you know we would hold like you know we would write proposals about like hey here, here, here's how we're thinking about things. Does everyone agree? You know, and you know, uh, people participated, but not everyone because everyone had their mm -hmm. own thing, you know? And so that's yeah. more of like a social sort of like human thing too. And so while technology aided us at the same time, it also comes down, boils down also to the human who is participating, you know? And so. Yeah. That was one side of DAOs I've always found, um, in interesting in that, you know, it, it's really designed for people who have a certain amount of time <laughs> and you're and you're excluding people who may be valuable to a community who don't necessarily have the same amount of time, even if they're pretty committed. Yes. So it's it's an interesting, you know, I guess this is my me speaking as like a working mom <laughs> 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 that, that that there's been um, I always felt like like that was something that was kind of missing from the conversation. But I really love that you brought that up, that that participation isn't always limited by will, right? It yes. can also be limited by other external factors. And that's, that's like a part of like something that, that, you know, is hard to cope with technologically. Um, and, yeah. and is more, you know, bigger, bigger systemic question. I really, I really love the way it's, that's really cool. So making collective decisions is, is always um, a practice I admire. It is a practice, um, yeah. Because it is so hard. It is hard. It is hard, dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 So 
Yeah, I mean, even, even like, you know, like that, that's a perfect example. You know, we, we have some, you know, we have some members who also have families, you know, and mm-hmm. they're, they're not on the internet all day, you know. They're, they don't have time to actually write a proposal, read through a proposal, mm-hmm. and then vote, you know. It's like, yeah, dude, that, that's, that's too much overhead, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so we try to maybe like simplify it, but, but, but still, you know, it's, 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 it's not perfect. So, yeah. 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 It'd be interesting to think of a system that added like a layer of of efficiency for people who are just like, yeah, I don't need to read all the like, what's the basic premise here? You know, um, well, I think we'll get there. It's a matter of practice, but it's very interesting. OK, mm. I would love to switch gears for a second, Mark, and to um, thank you for exploring the creative, some of the creative side of your work. I would love to talk to you more um, on the technologist side. I know that you've been thinking a lot about AI and natural language processing and all sorts of other very, um, you know, au courant things that are on a lot of people's minds. So I'm wondering if you could explore a little bit how you're thinking about AI, um, you know, as someone who's coming from this strong creative background. How do you see it? What are you intrigued by and what concerns you? Mm, Yeah. I mean, there's, well, just to preface this, um, I'm my my personality is more um, optimistic. You know, I'm, I'm, I love I'm, it. I'm, I'm a pretty That's like good. positive person in general, um, and so uh, I, I tend to uh, 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 maybe focus more on the positive side. Although it's important to also like really think about the the negative side because they, these are powerful mm-hmm. systems, man. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like you know, I've um, I, I, I'm on this journey. To actually uh, contribute more on the engineering side of, of AI, you know, along mm-hmm. like machine learning, and, you know, and all that stuff. And in this journey where I'm studying, like, how these systems are made, they're so complex. They are so mm-hmm. complex. There's just, like, math on top of math, you know. Um, and so, you know, some of it, you know, when we actually look, like, peel off the layers, it's so hard to understand. It, the, the human mm-hmm. brain could barely understand, you know, like like how all these things like make decisions and why they made that decision. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, some 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 of like the AI scientists would tell you, oh, it's all it's all linear algebra, it's all this, it's all probabilities, you know. Sure, but why though? Like how, you know, why why did it lean towards this decision rather than this one right here? You know. Yeah. Um. We 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 can't say. So anyway. You know, these things are powerful. And, you know, to me, as someone who is a, a creator, an artist, I can see the possibility of this really augmenting, you know, creative work. Like, for example, um, the latest, um, you know, stable audio uh, made by Stability mm-hmm. AI, you know, which generates like uh, pieces of music, stamps, sound effects, etc. Yeah. To me, when I saw that, I was like, ooh. Splice is in trouble. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And the sound effects, like the small, the smaller snippets mm-hmm. are in some ways easier to work with as an artist or producer than, you know, I, I, than like a longer stem, which can be a little bit less predictable, have more artifacts. But like mm. when my, my kids and I were playing around with generating just, for instance, like church bells, the yeah. sound of different kinds of church bells, church bells from an early film, church bells like ringing in a valley, like all these different sounds. And they would they were really, really cool and yeah. really interesting. 
And they're discreet enough that you can just grab them and put them in something else. A thousand percent. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that is – I feel like the sound effects and like the individual sounds are almost like the most exciting um, part of generative AI, even though it's not what everyone's um, – you know, it's not the most like wow factor yeah. stuff. But like I mean, to, you can make a – yeah, an alien snare hit. It's so awesome. Anyway. <laughs> you know, to add to what you're saying, you, you, you can now imagine like like – implications of like you know how is this being used for like game design or game production mm. or, or video production you know um instead of you going to some sort of like a, a foley library it's like oh you know what I'm, I'm just gonna like this needs footsteps you know and it needs to yeah. be like heavy footsteps in the snow you know and you could just like mm -hmm. type it up and just boop, that there, there, there's your sound um and you know i i think for me you know um it did sort of like in, in my sort of like music production workflow, um, uh, there are certain things that I would like to be automated, you know, for example, like, mm -hmm. oh, I want a certain piano with this sound and I could like describe it and I could get the stem, you know, but a part of me is also craves that, oh, you know what would be cool? Like this thing actually incorporated into this, my software, you know, that I don't yeah. need to actually open up a tab and sort of like generate there. Um, and, and maybe mm -hmm. in the future that, that could be a possibility, but you know, on the other hand too, speaking of like challenges, um, data, you know, data, and, and yeah. we, we all know that all of these really, uh, massive, like powerful models are powered by data, you know, um, if there's no AI without data. And so data is yeah. a very, very valuable resource. And to me, you know, I think about, you know, um, and you probably know them, you know, the, the, um, the company called Spawning um, started by, uh -huh. oh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. Holly Herndon and Matt Dryhurst. Um, and, you know, they're building a consent layer mm -hmm. of, of, of data, you know, uh, for, for, for AI systems, you know, meaning if you're an artist and you don't want your work to be part of a, of a data set of a training data set, you can opt out of it. Um, it still remains to be seen if AI companies will respect that. I did know that stability already have, um, yeah. uh, have said, yes, we will respect this. Um, but I don't know about open AI or others, you know, but you know, yeah. there's a challenge there. And, and, and then you think about mm -hmm. it because this is very close to like creators like ourselves, right? Like, 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 how can I say yes or no? Because right now it sounds like, or it seems like we don't have a choice. We're just, our, all of mm -hmm. our data is just being scraped, you know? And so that to me is like a short-term, maybe like challenge that we need to figure out. Yeah. And in some ways it feels like an extension of the discussion we've had about privacy and personal data. Yes. Um, and 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 we've not we haven't solved that. And now we have another group of people, some of whom really do want to take the most ethical and I think long term like smart business approach. Yes. And some who are like, nah, we'd rather make a bunch of money right now. Like I believe it was um, you know, Mark Andreessen's like, hey, guys, let's stop talking so much about copyright and AI. <laughs> it's like, well, hey, like, really? <laughs> How about we stop talking so much about, like, I don't know, tax breaks for VCs, um, you know, like, or, yeah. or, you know, some of the other things that that, that benefit you. Yeah. Um, it's really easy to play, you know, fast and loose with um, what you don't consider valuable, which mm. I think some of that rhetoric is is implying that they don't see the value in what people are making. 
On the other hand, there are people who really do see the value and who really want this to be a mutually beneficial, um, you know, new technology that doesn't necessarily harm people. And I just and I don't know, Mark, when you're talking about spawning, it just makes me think of like what is going to be the like you know DMCA uh, the um, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act equivalent of for AI of like the endless takedown question yeah, like yeah I mean or or you know ugh, I don't know it's it, this is thank goodness there are lawyers in the world because I don't want to have to think through these problems but they're really really tough um, really tough and yeah yeah and it's it is um it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how you know where where various people fall mm. as as everything evolves. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I could add to that real quickly, yeah, it's like, of course. you know, copyright and IP um, definitely is on top of mind for a lot of like folks, mm -hmm. um, not only in the in, in music sectors, but also like in other creative circle uh, sectors. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. it's like, how is this enforced, you know? And, and, and I started to think about, well, you know, our, our copyright systems have been there for a long time, you know, um, mm -hmm. like, you know, from the industrial era. Well, free correct me if I'm even if I'm pre wrong. right. Like yeah. those are talking about the first copyrights were from were directly from like European monarchs. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like, a thousand percent. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that that being said, like, is it time for us to maybe upgrade or update this according mm -hmm. to the context that we have now? Because to me, sometimes speaking of you know music, music industry, which we both share, you know, uh, we, uh -huh. we we're both participants in that sector. As a musician, dude. Our copyright system is just so complex. I couldn't add, even understand shit, man. You know, like like I, yeah. and I've been doing it for like a decade or more. You know, mm -hmm. what does this mean? What does that mean? You know, and 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 it's like, is there a way that that we could maybe like update this such that again, you know, to reflect what's going on, you know, um, and and hopefully um, get to a point where it respects the creators and also yeah. moves forward towards like a much more augmented sort of like creativity, you know, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, man, like, like, it's like, when, when they think about AI systems, I think about this, this is an amalgamation, a constant a distillation of like human creativity, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and of course, just speaking for myself, I want to participate in that. Yeah, please use my data set. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I want to contribute to humanity's creativity, but I also want it to be respectful of people mm -hmm. who, who may not see it in that way too, you know? Um, and so, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts there? <laughs> I do. I mean, I have some, I definitely have some thoughts and, and I, I love what you're saying about rethinking copyright fairly fundamentally. Cause I've had, you know, it, the question is what really, you know, copyright was put in place to motivate further innovation and creativity. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So is it accomplishing that? And, um, you know, not as someone who, you know, I, I, I have my own creative practice that revolves around IP. And so I, I mm. am not I'm not saying like and I definitely don't agree that 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 IP isn't important. But, you know, what what really matters to us creators? Is it control? Is it ownership and, and all the sort of monetization possibilities that come with that? And I don't know. Like, I think this is like a bigger societal conversation we need to have about yes. what what all this really means to the people making this and what would actually inspire them. Because in our current copyright regime, you know, in some ways, the creators are the last to benefit. Mm. Um, 
and yeah. are and have to and the the question of control is tied up with the cost of enforcement. Mm. Uh, so how do we? How could we make this much better for people? And maybe AI will be this opportunity, like this whole discussion will lead us to a better understanding of, first of all, like what you're saying, that there's a human collective creativity that we all are in debt to. We all have a lineage. We all have a cultural, uh, you know, cloud that we come from and we're just like, you know – Raining, we're we're bringing out little tiny bits of some of all the stuff that's gone before us and has been given to us. Agreed. And at the same time, you know, how do we encourage those individual moments of taking a risk? You know, really spending a lot of time and investing in something that will make meaning for other people. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't have the answer, and I'm sure there's a lot of lawyers out there like pulling their hair out and being like, <laughs> "Please shut up." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, a thousand <laughs> You're crazy bohemian lady, like stop it. But the, the fundamental question is: Is it going to make? Is it going to help people be more creative mm-hmm. in the end? And and yeah. um and all the other like commercial questions in some ways come after that for a lot of us. Mm. Um, maybe not for everybody. I'm not going to speak for everybody. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's my very rambling answer. No, no, no. I, I think that's really very additive. You know, and, you know, when I when I think about, you know, some of my peers, you know, who, who are artists and maybe some in your circle too, they're, mm-hmm. they're like, no, definitely not. I'm not going to use AI systems. I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to take the time to actually understand them. Um, and I respect that. I think, I think if your creative practice is your, is your creative practice and, and you should respect what your values are. Yeah, totally. But, but at the same time, too, a part of me is like, um, if this is happening right now, um, it is my job as an artist to understand what's going on here and try to see if there are solutions that I can present, you know, to actually yeah. like help shape this so that people like me can actually benefit from it, too. And so, and so yeah, you know, it's good to critique, you know, like new systems. Yeah. But then at the same time, too, please, you know, also... Educate yourself, you know, um, so that you can have like formed opinions about it. I like the fact that you're suggesting artists as almost like guides to AI and that a lot of people who are just are living their lives trying to make sense of existence, mm. busy with work and obligations and, and, and just everyday life yeah. um, are going to be confronted by this whole new world of stuff that will be both disturbing and enticing. Mm. And in some ways, it's everyone's role uh, who, who feels inclined to, to make art to help people, you know, to set up some signposts or to give people new, um, new ways for understanding what these machines are, that they aren't, yes. they are, like that that chatbot isn't conscious, but it's doing things to you that you should understand or that you can that are still and that may have some value or mm-hmm. that that image comes from um that image might be distorted by certain biases or it might present a whole new bunch of opportunities because ai will sometimes throw stuff together in ways that are like wonderfully exciting and inspiring so a thousand percent. I, I, yeah yeah how do you see that role dude i mean i, I look i look back at like the history of the like, artistry right like and, and you know mm-hmm. most artists that i admire um work with the technologies of their time you know mm-hmm. and, and i think you and i trisha this is the technology of our time you know um and, yeah. and so um, you know, and maybe this is not interesting to some people with creative practices, but I feel like it's also part of our responsibility as creators to also understand the mm-hmm. tools over time. And maybe there could be something here 
that could possibly augment or possibly lead to new and novel ways of, of, of creating, you know, of, of art even. Maybe the totally. concept of art is even being challenged right now. What is art, you know? Um, and so, yeah. and, which I feel like in every generation, every era, that, that's always being challenged. What is art? You know, what is human creativity? What does it look like? And now here we are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about like the, I don't know, for example, the painting movements of, you know, post-war, post-World War II in, in, in the West of mm. abstraction and or using like mass-produced items to inspire the, the visual elements, et cetera. You know, people were doing just that. They were they were turning to the tools of their time mm -hmm. um, to make something which suddenly felt very fresh. Um, you know, and and the we're in such a great moment, Mark, because we are, all, you know, we're kind of able to listen more globally. So, yes. you know, people can talk across spaces that would have been really, really difficult to achieve at the scale it's happening. So one, one thing that I'm really excited about in music, and then we can get back to sort of the future and what you're seeing, because I'd love to talk more about that. But I mean, the, with, with collab these mass collaboration approaches, or just even the ease of collaboration across the internet, you know, now we can have, you know, a kid making beats in Indonesia mm -hmm. that end up in a, a, you know, a big hit by a young, um, you know, guy from northern Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's like nobody even blinks an eye. Right. It's yeah. not this isn't anything like weird now. Yeah. And that would have been like unthinkable for, you know, say our parents generation like yes. that, that something like that would happen would have been so strange but yeah. it's normal now it's kind of cool it's really cool it's really cool and, and i feel like i don't know man about you like i feel like it's um it's enriching i, I feel enriched yeah. by it you know like, totally like i can i can i can go uh on the internet and, and and find the weirdest newest like brazilian music you know and, yeah. and it's like and 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 when when you actually look at the at the, at the stats like oh this is the Two million plays. Whoa! Everyone is into this. You know that's really cool. You know <laughs> exactly. And it's so like niche, and it's so like you know obscure. You know, mm -hmm. but it's amazing. You know, um, yeah. So you're thinking a lot about AI and things like natural language processing and all sorts of interesting stuff. What are you seeing for like the the coming year for 2024? What are you dreaming about? Where do you hope things head? I, I want to hear your super optimistic, informed approach <laughs> <laughs> to, to what you're seeing in the near future. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's hard to predict, right? It, it's hard, to, but, but definitely like, you know, um, I, I'm definitely, uh, you know, dreaming about certain things that, that could happen. And some of it are already happening, you know, like multimodal AI is already here. Mm, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, um, with, you know, I mean, just this week, right? Like OpenAI, you just released their updates and all that stuff. And, you know, within one interface, you know, you could have access to a language model, an image generation model, and also do some data analysis and coding all in one interface, mm -hmm. you know, and that's multimodal, multi-modes, you know. I started to imagine what would it look like, you know, for musicians who are, who are not only musicians, but all like, people who have creative practices, you know, to have an AI assistant that is multimodal. Like I, I start to think about, um, was it yesterday or a few days ago? Um, you see the, that AI pin device that was just released? Yeah. 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 Was that humane? That's, yes. that both is intriguing and really creepy. <laughs> 
Like, I don't want you recording what I just said to you, my friend. No, I thought like, I can see it being yeah, going in some really weird directions. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, okay. So, what were you going to yeah. say about I mean, that? We, we what, don't know what, the, what the, the mechanics behind it, right? Like how it actually operates. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. if it's truly recording uh, our everyday lives. Um, but um, I start to think about what would it look like if I actually have like an AI pin, um, mm. you know, that that I can actually jam with, you know, musically. Like, for example, I'm working oh, yeah. on a DAW, you know, in a, in a digital yeah. audio workstation, you know, and then I play a beat. What do you think of this beat? How can I improve this? You know, um, you know, <laughs> with knowledge of yeah. like my previous yeah, context, yeah. like it knows yeah. all the songs that I made previously and what are things that I have not explored yet? Like, what would it look oh, like? So great. You know, for, yeah. for it to yeah, actually yeah. imagine with me. Um, so, so that's one application, you know, that I've sort of like, oh, this could be cool. <laughs> you know, um, it is really cool. Yeah. You know, but also sort of, sort of like creepy also, just like s- someone actually just like monitoring what you're doing. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's some, though you could also imagine, um, you know, like you're saying, like it could break you out of a rut. Like if you're, say you're trying to talk, some people talk to think, and I think that's a really um, underappreciated human, human thinking mechanism. Mm-hmm. You're talking to it and all of a sudden it's like, you know, you've thought of this before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like maybe you should try thinking about this instead. Yeah, no. <laughs> what if it could like break you out of your own like doom loops or your own bad habits of like, you know, Mark, you write everything in E. Yeah, like, no, exactly. Try, try another key, Fred. Yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> no, a thousand percent. You know, I, I think that's one, like, you know, the, possibly a, a great application of it. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of, like, dreaming, and, and this is mm-hmm. also inspired by w- one of your writings, you know, at Music X. Oh. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I, I start to think about um, going back to data. Data is uh-huh. really very valuable, you know. High yeah. quality data is very valuable. Data that has an opinion is really valuable, huh. you know. And so, so that's our starting point, right? Mm-hmm. What would it look like if a group of musicians, a collective, a label perhaps, or, or you know, just a, a band with, with a shared sound, a shared aesthetic, pull all their data together, right? And, and, and obviously, you know, that could be, that could take a formation of, say, a data co-op. Everyone just, you know, yeah. like, you know owns their data, consents to it, um, and could make decisions. All that data is now fed into like an AI model, um, mm-hmm. you know, preferably open source so that we could all sort of like benefit from it. Um, mm-hmm. And then fine tune that AI model according to the data of the collective. And from there, once it's trained, you can now offer that to the collective itself so that they could actually start to generate, you know, stamps, samples, whatever content. Mm-hmm. Um, or... This, there could be a pub possible business uh, application here or a business model. They could also offer it up to the world, you know, and, you know, that could be a subscription service, you know. Yeah. But the important thing is that this data, this collective, it has to be a, a certain aesthetic, you know, a certain sound, a certain way of doing things that, that is unique, that makes it valuable. So early thoughts, that, that's sort of like something that I'm sort of like I've been thinking about. Um, so... Yeah. And and you could even like the sort of enrichment of that data with by making it multimodal, like you could have all sorts of yeah. visual stuff that was associated with it and sort of, you know, approaching that um, dream of having the, the artwork that's in every media at mm, once. Right. Yeah. Um, 
That would be that would be really really interesting, and like you said, it would give it more of an opinion. Yes, <laughs> I love the idea of data with an opinion. Yeah, I mean, data has an opinion, you know, um, <laughs> w- w- especially if it comes from people or a group of people with opinions, mm-hmm. you know. So, so yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So we'll look out for opinionated data in 2024. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mark. I'm sure we could talk for hours more, but thank you so much for for giving me a little bit of your day and diving into some of these crazy, are they wormholes? Are they rabbit holes? Um, these wonderful um, nooks and crannies of all that's happening right now in music tech. Thank you, Trisha. Uh, I'm really, yeah, it, it's been a great conversation and uh, I, I hope for many more in the future. But yeah, but this let's has been do great. it. Thank you. Thank you so much for making Amazing. my day. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We have new episodes for you every week. Did you know we do free monthly online events that you, our lovely podcast listeners, can join? Find out more at musictectonics.com. And while you're there, look for the latest about our annual conference and sign up for our newsletter to get updates. Everything we do explores the seismic shifts that shake up music and technology, the way the Earth's tectonic plates cause quakes and make mountains. Connect with Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. That's my favorite platform. Connect with me, Dimitri Vitsa, if you can spell it. We'll be back again next week, if not sooner. You're listening to Music Tectonics.